Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the Christmas Day service 2015, and the Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. We read from Luke chapter 2, the first 20 verses, we find Luke's account of that great night when Jesus Christ was born. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own country, his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea and to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. So it was. While they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. All they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Father, We thank you so much, Lord, for this time that we have to be here in your house today. Lord, on this day that has been chosen out of the calendar to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ into this world, Lord, we pray that as we are gathered here in your house this morning, that you will help us, Lord, just these next moments, Lord, to remember. Help us to focus our attentions upon what this celebration surely is all about the birth of your Son into this world. We give you the praise and thanks for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. I would like to simply think on the thought, just taking a quick overview of this account of the events that took place here in the Gospel of Luke on this Christmas Day as we are reminded, as we look back over some 2,000 years of history, But I want us to remember, not just in that 2,000 years, but in all of history, 
What we are thinking about this morning is the greatest and grandest night in all of history. You see, that's a pretty big statement, preacher, to say that it's the greatest and grandest night in all of history. There are an awful lot of great things that have taken place. We might look to some that even we as Christians would focus upon the cross and the resurrection and those things, and yes. And if I were talking about those, I'd probably talk about the greatest and grandest day in all of history. But I honestly believe that this night that we're reading about here is a night which truly ranks above all others and all that history has held. There are a lot of great grand nights that as we look through even Scripture, of course, in our own lives, there are days and nights that stand out to us. Maybe it was when we met that person we loved. Maybe it was when that child in our family was born into that family. Maybe, maybe, maybe so many things. And of course, the Bible speaks of many great nights as well. So many times when we talk about something being great and grandeur, it's not always just from the positive side as well. Great events happen, and sometimes they're not good. We could look back to that great night when God sent his death angel into Egypt. Or for the Egyptians that night that were not part of God's family, it meant tragedy. The firstborn of every family would be killed that night. But for the Israelites, those that belonged to God, it meant salvation because of the blood of the Lamb that was placed above that doorstep. The picture, the salvation that even as we gather here on this Christmas day, we still enjoy in Jesus Christ solely because of the blood. We find that it was a great night when Jacob slept beneath the stars and dreamed of a ladder that was reaching into the heavens and the angels descending and ascending. What a, what a sight that would be if Surely if that happened in your life, it would be a night that would stand out forever and forever. It was a great night when we looked in Scripture here a while back when Belshazzar himself saw the handwriting upon the wall. Thou art weighed in the balances and found wadding the very night of Belshazzar's death. It was a great night when Daniel was cast into the lion's den. And God's hand of preservation was, was there with him that night and preserved him from the destruction that the enemy was trying to bring upon him. It was a great night when we read in John chapter 3 of a man called Nicodemus that came to Jesus by night. And he was searching for Jesus. He was a religious man that had all of these religious answers but Jesus spoke those words that ring down through the centuries, ye must be born again. What a great night. Of course, it was a great night when Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, prayed those words, not my will, but thine be done. As he gave in total submission. We could look at many, many other things in Scripture. When Paul was shipwrecked with all of those, and God preserved them. Even when Peter, the night that he denied the Lord Jesus Christ, because we see following that his repentance and God's willingness to accept him and to love him and to forgive him in spite of what he had just done to him. But I'm saying with all these tremendous events and not taking anything from any of them, 
Surely the greatest and grandest night of all in all of history was the night that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, entered this world. The scripture that we just read, the Bible spoke those great words in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He was born to be our Savior. We saw on Sunday he was born for the express purpose that 33 and a half years later, he was going to go to the cross and die for our sins so that we could be reborn, so that we could have life everlasting and spend eternity with him in heaven someday. But as we go back over 2,000 years, and it was coming to the end of a day, and we see a, a man approaching a little town, no great significance in the world. He was actually a little, a little shepherd's town called Bethlehem. He was leading a donkey. And on that donkey sat a, a young woman. The man's name was Joseph, the woman's Mary. They had a tremendous secret something that they knew about that the rest of the world had not been told about yet because, you see, an angel had appeared some months before and had told Mary that she was going to bear a child, that that child's father would be God, that God himself would be the father of this child, though he was allowing her to be that earthly mother. You see... God, through his son, came into this world. He came to go through all of the experiences that we go through. He came to finally die the death that we deserved. But this one was to be born like no other child had ever been born before. He was to be born of a virgin. He was to be reared as a normal child in a carpenter's home. But when Mary heard this from the angel, she was puzzled and she even asked, Lord, how can this be? I've never had marital relations. I'm espoused. I'm engaged to, to be married to this man. But how can I possibly bear a child? The angel said, God is going to do that through the Holy Spirit. What did Mary do? How did she respond? May I say to you that we see Mary just submitting herself to the will of God. She said, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Lord, whatever you want, that's fine. And then, of course, there was the angel that went to Joseph as well then, and he explained to Joseph that Mary was going to bear a son. And his name was to be called Jesus. He even told him what he would be called. But, of course, this would be a great shock to a man that was about to marry his espoused wife. But God, through that angel, told Joseph, now you go ahead and you marry her. That child is going to come. That is not the act of man. That is the act of God himself. Now, here's Joseph. He's going in this little town of Bethlehem from one end to another, and the place is just so crowded out. 
Nobody has any room for them. You see, Caesar had sent out for this taxing of the people, for this census to be taken because he wanted to make sure that everybody was paying all the taxes that they should. And so the town was filled and overflowing because everybody, regardless of where they lived in the countryside, they had to come in to the city in order to be counted. No place in the inn. No place for this man and this woman and this, this expectant mother. They finally found resting place in the humblest of places there in the stable. The cows munching on the hay, the stars shining down on this barn, and I, I've tried to think, you know, how could Jesus have entered this world in more humble surroundings? But as he entered in those humble surroundings, we read in this account also that there were these angels that were singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What a night. So many contrasts. It was a night like no other in history. I want to just remind you of two things that we see from this account. There are so many things that we could look at at Christmas today, but the preparation. You see, I guess that it's been a few years since we preached from that passage but one of my favorite passages concerning the coming of Christ is found there in Galatians chapter 4, when it says in verse 4, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Wow. Wow. That puts in a nutshell everything that we're seeing happening here. The birth, who did it, why it was done, and what it did for us. You see, as we think about all the preparation that went into this, it was God. We don't know the date on the calendar. The greatest and grandest night in all of history. And yet I can't even point to a date on the calendar to tell you exactly when it took place. And, you know, I think that's probably a good thing <laughs> because men have a way of worshiping all the wrong things. It's not the date on the calendar that matters. It's the event that we're talking about. It was what took place that night that makes it the greatest and the grandest. We don't need to remember the date on the calendar. We need to remember the event that took place. You see, this was an event that wasn't just something that happened one night on its own on the calendar. It was a date, an event, a night that had been prepared for from eternity past. We look back and we see man's very beginning there in the Garden of Eden and man falling into sin and man's ruin of not only himself but all of God's creation when that sin curse came on and yet there God with the first human beings upon the face of this earth, God promised that from the seed of the woman, he would bruise the serpent's head. That was what he was talking about. The greatest night in all of history when this one would come into this earth. You see, when Abraham came to God and he told him, God said, Abraham, through your descendants, 
I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth. It was through the event of this night, God coming into this earth in the form of this baby, that that descendant would bless it all. When David, he was the great king that sat upon the throne, and yet he sang about the Jesus that his name would endure forever. Isaiah said his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All of those names denote the different offices that Jesus fills in our lives. We're told that he would come of the tribe of Judah, the line of David. Why were they having to go back to that city? You know, the, the, the amazing thing is that you can track back his lineage through both the mother and the father, but we know that it was God. But in man's eyes, even through Joseph, that was why they had to go back to Bethlehem, the city of David. You see, the promises of God right down through the centuries were pointing to this great night when he was going to come in the flesh. And of course, as we think of all that preparation again, I won't elaborate here this morning, but let me just remind you because we have looked there in the past. You know, the Jews, it was in the fullness of time that God would send forth his son through the Jewish nation. That's why the Jewish nation was raised up. That was God's nation that he would send his son through. We've looked at how it was through the Greeks. Why is it that through all the things that God did that this grandest night of all took place when the Greeks and their language and their way of expressing was like none that had ever existed on earth before. So that the events of that night, though the X couldn't be put on the calendar, the events could be recorded in the most expressive language so that all the languages of the world could have God's word in the most expressive way in their own language. The Romans do you think it was coincidence <laughs> that at this time, for the first time, peace had come to all the nations because the Romans had conquered the world? That meant a lot of things. First of all, it meant peace that these telling the story that even as we see the shepherds returning here with their glad tidings, that the story could spread, that people could go out. The Roman roads had been built right around the world for the story to be told of the events of that night on oh, many things. What I want to remind you of today, the greatest and grandest night in all of history, it was planned from eternity past. It was God that planned it, and it was God that brought it to be. But just a quick brief look as we think of God was the one that planned and brought all this to being, but just look at the people that are participating in this event here in this account the angels, the angels. You see, before our reading here, the angels came to Zacharias and he foretold the birth of John the Baptist, which was to be the forerunner of Jesus, the cousin of Jesus, the forerunner. And then it was the angel that appeared to Mary and announced his birth. And it was the angel that appeared to Joseph on the great night of this birth that we read about here. It was an angel that appeared to those shepherds in the field as they were there 
carrying out their humble occupation, doing the job they were, they were there to do. Suddenly, this angel announced, and suddenly the, the, the skies were filled with this chorus of angels singing peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You see, this event was so great and so grand that God himself opened the heavens and used his angelic choir to proclaim it here upon earth. Angels are a very unique being. They're not born like you and I. They're a created being of God. You stop and think they are holy and beautiful enough creatures that even now they can spend time with God in heaven. We can't because of the sin curse. We find that they ministered to Christ at the temptation. They strengthened him when he was there in the garden of Gethsemane. When he was in the tomb, it was the angel that rolled away the stone. When he ascended into heaven, it was two angels that stood by and said, this same Jesus is coming again. And you know when he does? The angels said he's going to come with the whole army of angels. When he comes back, they're going to be with him. Here's something wonderful and exciting about this, this Christmas day. Is all those that have been used to minister to Jesus, to proclaim the greatest event in history, to do all these things for God. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. May I say those same angels are there for you today. They encamp around you. God does these things. He even tells us to beware that we entertain angels unawares, not even realizing it. Often we give credit to some other human being for something that God himself undoubtedly has accomplished. It's true. This earth is just a tiny speck among all the planets and the suns and the stars that, that you look out across the universe is phenomenal. We're such a tiny speck, but in God's sight, we, this little tiny speck called earth is different from any other because it's us, the race of people that God created that is upon this planet. Yes, <laughs> we're lost in our sins. We've put a curse upon his creation because of our sins, but he still loves us. And this, the greatest and grandest event in history was there because of the biggest business in all of history, and that's to save lost sinners from their sins. You see, it wasn't just the angels present there, though. <laughs> we see the shepherds. That glorious night, and yet here, these humble men, these men that were doing one of the humblest occupations they could possibly be due. I'm sure Caesar was sleeping probably in his gold canopy in Rome. I'm sure that the high priest, the one that was so grand and religious, was asleep in his place in Jerusalem, but no angel came knocking on their door. No angel appeared to them singing this song. He appeared not to the mighty and the noble that night. He appeared to the humble. He appeared to these shepherds in their field. You see, Jesus loved the poor. Jesus loved the lowly. It was prophesied that he would preach the gospel to the poor. 
When John the Baptist sent his disciples to inquire if Jesus was the Christ, Jesus sent back a message saying that the poor have the gospel preached unto them. It was proof of who he really was. You see, Jesus was the most approachable person that ever walked on this planet Earth. Though he was the holiest, you would think that in all that grandeur, nobody could approach him, and yet even a tax collector like Zacchaeus that was despised by the people, he could approach Jesus. Even a woman that was called in adultery and was to be stoned to death because of her vile sins. Jesus was there for her. You see, the truth is this day, Jesus is there for you and for me and all those that will come to him. That doesn't mean that people have to be poor. The rich people can come to him as too. There are many rich people in scriptures, Abraham, David, some of the wealthiest men that ever lived on this planet. One of them was called a friend of God and the other one a man after God's own heart. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying Jesus came for all that will come to him. But the thing is, why is it, as Jesus is saying, come unto me, that oftentimes we see him ministering to the humble, to the lowly, because he wants us to know that even if nobody else in this world wants you, Jesus does. Well, you might be the most despised of this, or it's not so strange that if you've got a great reputation and you're seen as a good person in the world's eyes and all these things, that Jesus would want you. But let us be reminded that Jesus came for all that would come. The great song says, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. We have no other hope. The greatest and the grandest. You see, those shepherds came in simple childlike faith that we talked about this past Sunday. They didn't start trying to figure it all out. They said, let's go. Let's see this thing which God has brought to pass. We find that the people that have the greatest blessings in this world are the people that simply believe God. All those skeptics, it's so sad. They simply don't believe because it's something that they can't explain because they can't understand it in human terms. They judge everything by a physical sense. They leave no room for a God, a supernatural God, a God of miracles. You see, miracles are only for people that believe in them. <laughs> a Savior is for people that need a Savior. The good news of the gospel is good news to those who will believe that they are a sinner and that Jesus Christ came to save them. That's the great news. If you will humble yourself as a sinner and believe that the God of the universe came to die on a cross to forgive you of your sins, you can be saved. And of course, I remind you of that great question that Jesus asked us, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? There is nothing, nothing in all this world 
that is more valuable to you than your salvation. And of course, the shepherds, they left, spreading those glad tidings, telling everybody about the events that had taken place that night. And may I say to you this Christmas, I plan on having a great Christmas dinner with my family. I plan on enjoying the day and having laughter and joy and all of those things. But let us not forget the greatest thing that we can tell anybody today, the greatest thing that we can do today is to tell somebody, just as those shepherds did, the glad tidings of great joy that a Savior has been born into this world and a Savior has been born for them. Let us not miss. That's what the world needs more than anything else that we can give them for a Christmas present. Go tell it. You see, there are many, many, even religious leaders today that are skeptics about these events. But may I say to you, we have God's word on it. We see a man and a woman that were willing to submit to God's will for their life. Mary and a Joseph surrendered to God's will. We see a waiting world in, in sin that has the greatest need in God fulfilling that through a tiny baby coming in a manger, God coming to earth in human flesh. We see the angels singing in the heavens announcing the birth of this one. We see the humble shepherds searching and finding Jesus and going to tell everyone about it. I trust and pray that every one of you here today have found Jesus. Have you found Jesus? Have you searched for him as they did? You can find him today, not as the babe in the manger, but as a living Savior. You'll find him by faith just as they did. Yes, he was born in Bethlehem on some day in history long, long ago. But that really doesn't make any difference. The greatest and grandest night in all of history, and yet it makes no difference whatsoever if he's never been born in your heart. You see, Jesus was born in a stable so that he could later be born in your heart. He lived in a sin-cold hostile world that rejected him and finally nailed him to a cross. He did that for you. He died upon that cross. He did it for you to save you from your sins. The greatest, grandest night in all of history so that you today, this Christmas day, could have the greatest gift in all of history. I hope that you've had that gift that God gave you and his son. Father, just a few simple thoughts this morning as we're reminded of this Christmas story. Help us, Lord, to remember all oh, the greatness, the grandeur of that night that you brought your son into this world. And Father, I pray that this Christmas day, Lord, as we gather with our families, as we enjoy the time together, as we come apart from this world, I pray, Lord, that all that can be a time of joy for all, but I pray, Lord, that through it all, we know that you're in our heart and that we can surely have time to focus 
on what this day is all about, celebrating an event, celebrating an event that took place on the greatest, the grandest night in all of history. Of course, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 